Welcome to Radio MVP Sports Podcast number 95 here today as uh, we're recording live uh, back together in our makeshift studios here, Anthony, as uh, we get ready. Good to have you back, my friend. Thank you very much. It's uh, nice to be back. A little rough week health-wise, but we're finally starting to turn the corner and uh, seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, it's always a good thing after uh, being... Under the weather for a yes. while, uh, especially this time of the year with uh, so many uh, bugs going around, mm-hmm. and flu bugs and stomach viruses, and God only knows what everyone's been dealing with. And uh, my thanks to uh, Viking Jim Elgren for coming on to filling in for you. And also uh, one more uh, shout out thanks to uh, Tom Reed from The Athletic for coming on, talking uh, some European football mm-hmm. and some uh, American football at the end. Yeah, that was awesome. You know, first of all, thanks to Jim for. Uh, coming in and covering, he did a great job as always. And that's a big get for us. Tom Reed of The Athletic. The Athletic is probably uh, the main news stream for sports fans. Uh, it, it's, like- it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, you told me about it a year ago, and uh, it's incredible. I think I've been subscribing actually for three years now. And I'll say it like I said last week. If you're a sports fan and not subscribing to The Athletic, you're not doing it correctly. Mm-hmm. Simple as yeah. that. It's stories about your teams, which is nice. But it's I like the deeper thought invoking stories of why. We all know that this team beats this team, this team plays this team, or this why. And I, and I really think the athletic does a great job of going more in depth uh beyond the what you and I could find out on our own. Um the in-depth, behind-the-scenes stories. It's a newspaper without limitation mm-hmm. that's electronically online and through an app. Like I said, if you happen to be a Minnesota Viking fan in Youngstown, Ohio, you can mm-hmm. subscribe to the Vikings feed mm-hmm. and you have everything you need. If you're a Toronto Blue Jay yep. fan, it doesn't matter what sport you're talking about. If you're a fan of it, they, they have got it covered. It. And they have some great writers nationally. Along with star-studded lineup, yeah, and uh, it's just phenomenal. So after that, I buried our lead. So many leads here today. Yeah, but um, let's start with the Browns. Uh, we talked about. I got a chance to talk to Tom Reed about it last week, and just a couple quick questions at the end, mm-hmm. where I asked him uh, with the process going on. Do you think they can get their number one choice, or will this be like uh, the Mike Petton? hiring mm-hmm. where they couldn't really find someone to take the job and it was their fourth or fifth mm-hmm. uh choice or maybe seventh or eighth that year before they actually found someone to get it and his response was uh honest and true and he goes if anyone could screw it up the haslams can yep and to their credit i will give the haslams credit here they decided to listen to paul d potesta mm-hmm. Has led the the organization in the search. They've chosen Stefanski as their head coach from the Minnesota Vikings, Kevin Stefanski. And he was their number one choice last season when I'm talking about yep. Deep Potesta. He mm-hmm. was his number one choice two years ago. Prior to that, yeah. Sean McDermott, uh, the Buffalo's coach. So if you look at those two recommendations ahead of time and how things have gone, it's good to see that Haslam actually took his advice this mm-hmm. time. Um, we'll see where it goes. We don't know. I've said that from the very beginning. We just don't know. It takes time. Uh, I said that about Freddie Kitchen. I was. I had my concerns. Yep. However, you have to give a person an opportunity to succeed, 
and also to fail. Stefanski seems to have his head on his shoulder. He seems to be brought up the correct way in the game of football. We have to see what staff he puts together. We have to see what moves that he makes, what type of offense, who he brings with him Mm -hmm. in this process, who the GM will be. We still do not know that as of right now. Uh, A lot of talk about Andrew Berry, which we mentioned a couple weeks back. Patton from um, Minnesota has been mentioned and a few others. So let's just wait and see and and go forward. I'm not disappointed is how I want to say it. I'm not disappointed because – if you read the tea leaves for the from the beginning yes. of this search, or even two three weeks prior to the the firing of Kitchen, they talked. Those who knew and the, mm. reviewed what the Browns talked about and believed that yep. Depotesta was going to lead the search. His search would include Kevin Stefanski yep. again, and he did. And he put him at the towards the end of. The the lineup they had a thorough search. Sala would have been an interesting choice. I think Sala may have been a perfect choice. I, if, I agree with that. If the Browns had a veteran quarterback, Back, yes. Let's say this was four years from now, yes. and Mayfield has become one of the top ten quarterbacks in the league. Mm-hmm. If you could project that, yes. and say that has happened and this job came open, Sala would be a really. Yep. Interesting, because you had already had the offense in, invoked, and you knew what type of of offense that you would want to continue to run, similar to what, for example, Lafleur did yes. with Green Bay. You have a quarterback of that stature. You're not going to change a lot. No. You're going to bring in. You're going to tweak it, but you're going to use his skill level to the max. And that's exactly what Green Bay did in what they win 13 games this season. That's how I see it. Look, I think Robert Sala would have been a great choice, and I and he was my number one candidate if I were a Browns fan. But I can also see why they went Stefanski. If he's been your guy for two years now, you know, and he's he's had proven success. I mean, look, the Forty ers defensive front might be the it, it's up with the Seahawks and the Broncos that each won Super Bowls dominantly. So, um, and I really think Kevin Stefanski's system. It really fits the Browns' personnel nicely. I really do. Because Stefanski um, likes to get... He, he's not going to run his quarterback like Lamar Jackson. But a lot of boots, a lot of waggles, moving the pocket. He will hide a mediocre offensive line. Um, and I believe he will probably have some sort of a zone-blocking scheme. you got for sure Chubb. Maybe Kareem Hunt back. Yeah, you do have Kareem Hunt you, back. Yeah. You'll have Kareem Hunt back. You'll probably lead the league in rushing because he's going to make a concerted effort to run the football. And we saw when the Vikings went into the Superdome and they beat the Saints, uh, Saints couldn't stop Dalvin Cook. Um, I really think this is a nice hire by the Browns. Now, like you said, we got to see who he puts around him um, for his staff. Um, and probably going to have some former head coaches so he can lean on. Why I like this is this is a coach who I believe can understand the talents and yes. get the most out of Baker Mayfield going forward. This is the guy who was the quarterback coach for Case Keem when he had his career yep. year in Minnesota. 
This is the same offensive coordinator who turned Kirk Cousins into a 70% passer this past year, a number four rated passer in the NFL. He's the one who also used him as a game manager, both of them as game managers. And that may be the influence this year from Gary Kubiak. Yes. And we'll see. I don't expect Kubiak to follow him. I think his son might, though. That may be true. That may be true. I don't know anything about him. We'll see. I mean, we'll just, it's kind of a wait and see. Let's let Stefanski fill out his coaching staff. Let's get into finding who the GM will be Mm -hmm. next and moving forward. There are some big decisions to be made. Uh, You know, Oliver Vernon, I believe, could be a free agent. Schobert is a free agent. Uh, I believe uh, one of the defensive backs is a free agent. So they have defensively some real big holes to fill. And decisions to be yep. made going forward. So, and the offensive line needs a lot of adjustments and help. So, Brown's got a long way to go. But this isn't a hire that you make. You go, oh boy, it's a hire that you can get. Like it's a hire that the guy has had proven success. Look, we we know what Minnesota did this last weekend, but the truth is, San Francisco has done that to a lot of teams, and they might do that again this week. Here's the problem: the Browns are in. Since they've returned in 1999. You're not going to attract the top nope. talent coaches because of you have not had any Stability. realms yep. of not just success, but realms of an organization that can attract them or willing to take put themselves in that position with the Cleveland Browns. That, to me, is the biggest scenario. I knew going in... As much as McCarthy was desirable, as much as Rivera was desirable as the season progressed, those two probably were never going to be Cleveland Browns head coach because of their seniority in the league and their experience. Why would they choose the Cleveland Browns? I'm not saying they would not interview with them or would not want to hear what mm-hmm. they have to say because they may get surprised and may find a situation they want. When you look at the history of the organization, especially the history in the last seven years under the Haslam's, yeah, use them as leverage to get a better deal somewhere else. Yep. And not that Rivera was ever in the picture because he was pretty much off the market before the season ended mm-hmm. with uh, Washington, and that was just a good move on Dan Snyder's part. He, he, For once. Well, he's never been afraid to target the person he nope. wants and go after him. And that's what they did. And obviously there is similar to the Browns, you know, for Rivera to take that job, Allen had to go. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened. Order to get a new head coach for the Cleveland Browns at the highest level, best possible. Goal. John Dorsey had to go. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, we, we talked about that. And like I said, you can make the case why John Dorsey got fired. But one of the things we didn't talk about is maybe the possibility is we weren't going to attract the best coaches with John, with Dorsey, John yep. Dorsey at the helm. Uh, and that's why you now have the new alignment, mm-hmm. as uh, they like to say, in Cleveland with uh, the new head coach and finding the new GM. And I don't know who the GM is going to be. Obviously, the rumor names out there, we'll see. if it's, if it's I believe it's Patton. Mm-hmm. For uh, Minnesota, and it's you know Barry, who of course was with the Browns, highly yep. highly thought of with the Cleveland Browns, now with Philadelphia. 
Uh, I'm thinking it's going to be Barry, but we'll Who wait knows, and yeah. see. We'll wait and see. It very well be a surprise here uh, going forward. It would make sense if it's Barry because it, it follows the tree pattern that what the Browns are doing, um, going analytical again, mm-hmm. going with Ivory League yes. educated yep. people uh, and football players and football executives, uh, similar to what the Cleveland Indians yes. have done. Yeah. Uh, of course, Deep Potessa came up through the yeah, Cleveland Indians, Indians organization yes. uh, before moving out to Oakland. So there is some ray of hope. Yes, I was just about to say and that's a good point. We'll just wait and see. Uh, there's like like Tom said last week. You know, there's talent on this team, m- yes. more talent than ever before, and this is more of a reboot than a rebuild. Well, yes. So we can go th- forward with that, and we'll see what happens. I'll be honest, and I said this in a couple tweets, I was more looking for an offensive coach simply because you run into scenarios if you bring in a offensive coordinator who becomes like Kevin mm-hmm. Stefanski, the hot thing. Yep. He's now going to be a head coach within a year or two. And then what do you do? You have to find a new offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. However, if you have built the offense around your head coach's philosophies – and if he's the OC or if he's the play caller, at least you have continuity yes. going through your your offense and your team going forward. And I think that's what the Browns were looking for. I think that continuity was important for them. I'm not disappointed. I'm not jumping you know in the air saying we got our guy, but I do believe he was number one on the board. Yep. I do believe that. People are going to talk about the playoff game with with San Francisco, but you can't blend. No. You can't have such narrow mindedness to talk about one game, uh, a small sample, and think that is who they are. No, because you go back to week four and they look really good against the Saints. Well, exactly. Orleans, so. And every game's a different scenario yep. and different different things that come happen in in a ball game. That that the only criticism I will have about that game offensively is they just didn't get the ball to cook enough. Nope. Nine carries. Uh, but they were also trailing in that game throughout. Mm-hmm. So it was a difficult s- scenario, and sometimes you run into that. He's going to have better receivers here. Yes, he will. Um, Thielen's phenomenal, but he was you know, kind of banged up. Yeah, uh, Diggs is a good, good Diggs and, is really and again, good. banged, banged up. up again. So I think he's inheriting an offense with talented receivers, talented running backs, a quarterback who has potential. And he knows how to use his tight ends. Right. Which is well, and the Browns need a tight end. Yeah. The Browns need tight ends bad. And we'll go forward from there because they just have not been successful at that position consistently uh, for a few years. So we'll see how they uh, attack that maybe in the draft for free mm-hmm. agency. But yeah, obviously, defensive coordinator, maybe the, the Vikings D- DC comes now that he got let go yeah. from there, comes with him. Possibly, I heard that Wilkes may stay because Wilkes was his number one choice last season okay. in the interview. So what about Wade Phillips? He's out there too. Yeah. An experienced former head coach who's Yeah, and that's what I think you need. You need to bring somebody in who's been there before. Right. He's been to the Rangers. Like, like I said, uh, I think for Stefanik to work with Kubiak this past season was a huge advantage yes. for him. It wouldn't shock me if Brad Childress is I on, could see I could definitely see that. Because of his connection yes. there. Of course he worked for the Browns yep. a few years back, uh Pat Shermer's era. So anything's possible. I don't know. I'm just throwing out names, and uh, we won't know. 
but we'll know soon enough. In the next week or two, we're going to find out what this coaching staff yep. looks like uh, going forward. We're going to see what direction they go when they name a uh, GM and make some decisions on players who are headed towards free agency. Mm-hmm. Do you uh, you tag them or do you let them go? It's going to be interesting to see what the Browns do. But, yeah, I'm, I'm satisfied as a Browns fan. I, like I said, everyone wants to reach for the stars. Nothing wrong with that. Reach for the stars. Yep. Go for the McCarthy's. Go yep. for uh, you know, Vince Lombardi yeah. yep. if he was available, or or Bill Cower back in the day when he was available, and everyone thought it was a possibility. Yep. However, uh, the reality is this organization was never going to find that type of. It was going to find the Hugh Jackson's trying to the rebound yep. and show the world that yep. he can coach, or the Mangini. Mm-hmm. who was going to show the world he can coach. But they were never going to get the established coach who's won in the playoffs, mm-hmm. who's been to a Super Bowl, who won a Super Bowl like McCarthy. Not today, maybe 10 years from yep. now, but not today. Not in the, not in the history since the Browns 2.0 came back. Yep. Uh, this organization just not, does not have that uh, at history behind it or in that ownership behind it that shows patientship and gives a uh, – organization a chance to breathe and to win and to uh actually lose a few games um but a lot of the it was because of the people they've hired they've not have hired successful people uh ray farmer should have never been <laughs> gm uh pat Shermer probably should have never been head coach you can make a case either way there but yeah he didn't do anything in new york neither so i think the case is made there uh, Mangini was a terrible no, choice. No, he was in his over his head. Yeah, just a terrible, terrible choice. But that's just the way it works. You have to give a person an opportunity to succeed in the same vein you have to, that will reveal if they are going to be mm-hmm. good enough because they'll fail more often than they'll be successful in this league. And Browns have found their share of Failure, unsuccessful yeah. failures at head coach, and hopefully they'll end. I don't have much more to say on it other than uh, I'm satisfied. I'm happy. I'm not like jumping up in joy saying we got, but I do believe my one criteria is get your number one choice. I honestly believe they got their number oh, one yes. choice. Yes, if he was, maybe not the number one coach available, but their number one choice. Yes, if their number one choice was McDaniel's, this deal would have been done two weeks ago. I well, I think it would have been done Friday. Yeah, because he was not available to do it any yeah. time sooner. Was never a huge fan of Josh McDaniel's. It's yeah, he's experienced, but does he really ever want to leave New England? Probably not. He wants we. He I think, to I think he wanted this job. I think he truly wanted. Do you? Yeah, I do. I think this was a job that he do was. Do you think maybe it didn't work out because he wanted to bring more of his own guys in the front office and they weren't willing to do that? I think he wanted to do a total rebuild and the Browns didn't want to do that. He did that in Denver. He did that in Denver. Well, he went to a rebuild. I, and they, from what everything, all the indications from some of the reports I've read is that he was he went in pitching a total rebuild. From top to bottom, and the Browns organization was not interested in that. They wanted to hear what he had to say. They wanted to hear what developments. Yeah. See if they he quote unquote could, could sell yeah. them on on his vision, and that's what you have to do in an interview in the NFL. I mean, you have to, you have to set out what coaches you're going to have, what type of philosophy, who do you want to work mm-hmm. with, what type of uh, off season program, and. Everything that's involved in it is so much involved in those four, five hour, six hour mm-hmm. meetings. And, you know, there was a lot going on. And Stefanski stood out last time and they got passed over for kitchen because 
uh, relationship with Baker. Well, well yeah. not even that. I think it was it was Kitchen's relationship with Dorsey, mm-hmm. Dorsey believing in him, and it cost them both their jobs. Yep. You know, in the in the end, it is what it was. They are who they are. They are where they're at. Uh, Kevin Stefanski going forward. Let's hope for the best. And I honestly do believe he's inheriting a a quality roster with an opportunity to get better this offseason. And hopefully the Browns have found their, their coach where Baker Mayfield will have for the next five plus mm-hmm. years, maybe the rest of his career. Uh, we'll find out if Baker Mayfield can be that yeah. guy. Because uh, this is a big year for him. Yeah, it is. He, this he, is a he, huge year. Had a great rookie year, fell back completely last season. Now he has to reprove himself, and uh, we'll see. We'll we'll absolutely see what happens from here. All right, so much going on in the world yeah. of sports. Football was just the uh, that was just the appetizer. Baseball is taking over the sports world by storm. In the last twenty four hours or so, huh? Yeah, uh, Rob Manford has come down on the. Uh, the Houston Astros, and uh, here's the penalties Manfred has come up with. A one-year suspension for general manager Jeff Lulo, a one-year suspension for A.J. Hinch, forfeiture of the first and second round picks in both 2020 and 2021, a $5 million fine, the maximum allowed under Major League Baseball Constitution, mm-hmm. and placement of former Astros assistant GM Brandon Tannenbaum on baseball's ineligible list. Wow. After that happened, uh, within an hour or two later, the owner of the Astros fired both the GM and the manager. So they are without a GM, without a manager, and without an assistant GM. And uh, spring training starts in a month. Yeah. And it'll be interesting. It'll I mean, Very interesting. I'm going to guess that they'll hire within their organization. Joe Spawn of the bench coach who has who got some interviews this year for other teams. Probably obviously got to be up there, giving the. It would make most to sense to hire yes. from within. Unless if a, you could find someone that was willing to take over from the outside on a short term basis, yeah, um, a veteran manager the, who can give this team some John Farrell. Yeah, I'm, John Farrell wouldn't be bad, but I was thinking more veteran like. Uh, someone who is like Jim Leland. Yes. You know, someone, I mean, really veteran. Yes. Uh, who would take it for a one-year stint. The or only a two-year stint. Bruce Bochy? Yeah. Well, Bruce Bochy already... No, he retired. No, he retired. You're right. So, yeah. You're right. I don't think he would come back out. The only way I can see the Astros... Because I honestly think Bruce Bochy wants to see what it feels like to be retired. Yes. Next I season agree. or the season after, we'll find out. If he if gets he wants that to, itch yeah. to get back. Right. But right now, we it's too soon. The only... But I'm thinking someone veteran of, of stature who's been around, who is available, who would be willing if, to do a one... Maybe a two-year stint as a manager. If the Astros don't hire Joe Espada, the bench coach, it kind of maybe will signify to me there's a deeper-rooted culture problem there that they want to get totally away from. Well, that's what I'm saying. If you went yeah, out and found yourself yes. someone who is a baseball Jim lifer. Is a no-nonsense, a, yes. a baseball lifer. That's what you're looking for. Yep. Uh, Joe Torre, you know, yeah. I'm not saying these these people are going to take the job or want the job or even have a desire for the job. I'm just saying 
I'm looking for someone who gives you instant credibility sitting that in lineup, the bench. Yep. Yes. And sitting in that dugout yep. and talking to the media and is the face of the organization going forward. That, to me, will be the biggest challenge they have going forward as an organization. Who is now the face of the Astros? Because A.J. Hinch was definitely the yes, face he of was. the team. Yes, he was. And uh, no matter what happens going forward, I'll be honest, and I, and I said this before we, we, we started recording, his baseball career may be over. Yes, and he had, and he had stardom written all over him. I mean, he was Without already a star question. in the making. Without question. And here's why I say that. The one-year suspension continues. He's yes. been fired. He's been let go. He's not part of any It's like a show cause penalty. You have to... Well, yeah. My point... And it's not even show cause. That continues yeah. when even though you're not hired with another... or uh, Let's say yeah. you're a coach like Coach Trestle. About Trestle, yes. Okay. If he chose to go and interview and take other positions yes. as a coach... University XYZ hired them. They all they have to do is petition the S, the the NCA yeah. and tell them why they hired them and how they're moving forward yep. under the circumstances that he was put mm-hmm. under the cause. In baseball, here he's suspended for an entire year. You have to be part of an organization for that yep. suspension to begin. So somebody in baseball has to take mercy on them, both the GM and AJ Hinch, to say, "All right." We're going to assign you as a special assignment uh, scout, uh, let's say, April 1st. Yep. And name the team. And then he's suspended for the entire year to April 1st. And then the next year he would start his yep. his, his special assignment year, with that yeah. team. But you have to find a team willing to give him that. that there's got to be a team out there, 30 teams. There's got to be a team out there. Not going to be somebody that... No, you know, here, I'll tell you what, it may take a couple of years, simply because baseball itself has a has been yes. wanting this to happen yes. and come down hard. There were more reveling in baseball executives about what transpired. Yes, the Yankees were the, were the ones to really come out and publicly say this about the Astros. Well, every team did. I mean, any team. If you were the Cleveland Indians, it, it affected you the following year when Trevor you lost... Bauer, Mike Clevenger were both vocal about it. Yeah. Uh, you know, anything's possible. It's just one of those things. I uh, think A.J. Hinch will get back in baseball. Yeah, but it might take a couple oh, of years. Oh, it's going to take a couple years. You know who may never get back in baseball after this year? Alex Cora. Because he's because he was in it with the Astros and then the Red Sox the following year. I mean, that's like two times. Tim, you were talking about it before we came on the air. It seems like every decade, Major League Baseball has a, if you're not cheating, you're not trying to win kind of thing. We talked about it years and, you know, centuries ago, you know, decades ago with the Black Sox scandal and the betting and the cork bats. And we had a little incident of that with our buddy Albert. Here's from um, Ken Rosenthal and Evan Delrich from The Athletics yep. reporting. And about Alex Cora. Let me find it here again. Here it goes. The Athletics reported that Alex Cora, the team's bench coach at the time, was mastermind behind the steel ceiling scheme. Discipline for Cora will be determined by baseball complete investigation of the Red Sox for a separate sign-stealing allegation that occurred while Cora was the team manager in 2018, the year they won the mm-hmm. World Series. So that will be determined at a future date. But yeah, 
these are, you know, these are things that are going to be black marks on their careers going forward. The Cora was a uh, was considered a very high prestige job that he got with the Boston Red yes. Sox and uh, an up and coming baseball manager that people loved and understand so, and un- accepted the analytics. Matter of fact, obviously yes. the Houston Astros were known for the last four or five years about how much they are into the analytics yes. and how to help players. And I'll be interesting to see if Trevor Bauer Yo, has, you know he's waiting. Well, not even that. I'm curious to see his allegations about how they've done with the spin rate yes. and all that yes. with Houston, uh, if that ever comes to fruition. Because, obviously, if this... Trevor was local about it. Well, my point is, if this can be proven, what is being done here that may be being altered to the ball or altered to a uh, a bare hand yep. that's causing that, I'm no scientist, and I'm just purely speculating and we'll wait and see uh i i honestly do not know but it is intriguing to find out and it'll be interesting to see how uh cole does this year with the yankees now that he's not part of that organization does he fall back to what he was with the pirates the year prior to going to houston or is he going to be the superstar that the york expect to be yeah for the next nine years because if he pitches now, look, he was very good in Pittsburgh. Let's not say he was oh, bad. He, he was, was very always, good in Pittsburgh. He yeah, he but, had a bad year the year before. He had a down yes, year yes. the year before. Let me rephrase if, that. He had a down year. Overall, as a pirate, very good. But the knack on him that I've talked to a lot of Pirates fans, I talked to somebody in the plane come back from Florida, and he said to me, he said, we love Garrett Cole. Pirates always had, they've always kind of gotten these prize prospect pitchers that, Flame out, and Cole was finally the one that was born for stardom. He said, but the thing that rubbed people in Pittsburgh the wrong way in a big game, Cole didn't want the baseball. I don't know how true that is. I think Cole was injured a couple of years, too. So, so But if the Yankees are, are paying Garrett Cole to pitch like he did this year in the regular season. Oh, absolutely. If he pitches like he did in Pittsburgh, which is very good still, they're going to be very uptight. They're going to be very uneasy about that. Well, yeah, obviously. I, but that's just a market of New York. Uh, well, but then again, when you're paying someone for nine seasons mm-hmm. and the type of money that Especially they a are playing. Yes, it is going to be a, um, a story each and every time he takes the ball. Simple as that. Yep. Uh, that's, w- why I thought, start. that's why I thought last summer when we talked about it that he was destined for the Angels. Yep. Uh, I thought this way, West Coast, L.A. is laid back, even though he gets a big salary, uh, it's easy to be overlooked because you're going to be on the same team with Mike Trout uh, and the same team with other players. Same city as the Dodgers, so if you're not very good your first year, that's all right. Well, yeah, but all that is just uh, not a matter. It doesn't matter because he is a Yankee and he will be for the next nine seasons and no one's going to touch that contract. So uh, have, the Yankees would have to pay someone to take that contract. Oh yeah, that's, and no matter what. T- that's like what, John no Carlos Stanton's years contract. Left yeah, it. if it's five years from now, if it's seven years from now, and they decide to move on from him, they're going to have to eat whatever's left of Baseball that contract. Is going to. I was talking to somebody today, and they go, "Well, you know, I really want to keep Linder." I said, "Listen, everybody does. Everybody that loves the Indians wants to, but." 
we have to, like you and I talked about, I said, you know what, here, let's go back and let's cast a couple podcasts ago when you and I broke it down. We all want to keep Lindor, but that's not the nature of the Indians. I'll give you a perfect example of what you're saying. The Indians are very much like some of the teams in Europe in soccer. They develop great players, mm-hmm. but their model is to sell that player. Yes. Now, that model is not trade, but to buy. Yes. Okay. You post money to yes. to that team to, to now mm-hmm. sign that player away. And that is exactly what the Indians do. The Indians develop great talent. And what the Indians have done since Mark Shapiro took over, going back to the early yes. 2000s, was to trade assets to bring in more, as, more quality assets, if not better assets, to build on to and more continue quantity, to be yes. a competitive team going forward. Uh, for the most part, it has worked. Now, they've never had a player of this caliber no, who is one of the baseball. best players yeah. in baseball, uh, who is maybe the best shortstop in baseball. Now, you can look at what the Indians did this past offseason. They traded a two-time Cy Young Award winner who was going to make $18 million this year. And you slot that $18 million right into the shortstop position now because he just signed for a one-year $17 million contract. Obviously, next year will be the same scenario if he's still here next Mm offseason. We'll wait and see. Anything's possible with Lindor going forward. He could be traded in April. He could be traded in October. Yep. He could be traded in, in July, December. Yeah. yeah, in July. And that's my point. Anytime during the uh, year. He may never be traded because the Indians will, let's say, have a fantastic year, get into the playoffs and get to the World Series. And they're saying, well, and that's we're going to keep them. If they get to the World Series, chances of them keeping them going forward is high yes. and then wait until the July chance of the him saying you know what i might take a little less to stay here no you no. don't think no you no. don't think if they get to the world no. series no no absolutely 100 percent. no he is major league baseball players association's golden child just like bryce harper was mm-hmm. just like manny machado is yep. was i should say this is the contract that they want to go they forward. Want this to yes, be... they want the big contract. They would be more upset at Francisco Lindor if he, quote-unquote, gave a hometown yeah. discount. Okay, that's never going to happen. There's no such thing. It's a stupid saying. Um, these things do not happen. Now, do teams try to get the best deal possible for themselves, mm-hmm. like the Indians did with Carrasco going forward. Now, I mean, obviously Carrasco has health issues. Mm-hmm. We don't know what's going to happen in the future. Knock on wood that nothing ever bad happens to him again, either physically or, uh, you know, an illness that, that he faced in cancer. Let's hope something like that never uh, comes back on him. We'll go from there. The Indians are in good financial position. Now, what would help the Indians the most? Fans coming out to see them. Yep. On a daily basis. Obviously, the days of 400 sellouts are over. Yeah, those are over. If this team can average close to 20, 25,000 most nights, they're going to make money and they're going to have money to spend. If it averages 10 to 12,000 like it did the last few years, 
Not then, so yeah, much. You're yeah, you're just not going to be, have the same thing. Obviously, deeper runs in the playoffs makes huge money because yep. of the, what's available to the teams. And the and, uh, six down start times. Just like the Indians, or just like the Browns have Haslam's, the Indians have the Dolans, and as long as the Dolans are around, we're going to have six ten start times. Yeah, well, it's just the it, it makes no sense to I me, can, and I am not, I'm I am not the person who makes the. I could understand the logic behind it. Here's the thing: if you're the Indians and you're a regional team that they are, you need to draw from a hundred mile radius, like you and I. Yes, you have to find someone within an hour and a half to two hours away that's willing to come and spend money on a Thursday night. All right. Yeah. At 610. I can't make it. You can't make I those can't make games. That's my biggest problem with it. You're limiting yourself to People 40 minutes downtown, of yeah. downtown. You're basically saying just you, you're taking the outer edges of your market and saying it's okay if you don't come. Yep. Stay home and watch it on TV. That's what the Indians are saying with 610 to me. Because they may catch, I don't know, maybe that someone is downtown to 4 o'clock says, oh, 610, I'll stay. Yeah. I'll go get something to eat and go watch the Indians stay. That might make the difference up for the guy who lives in Youngstown or yeah. in Akron or whatever who may say, uh, do I really want to travel to Cleveland? I personally find it a, a inconvenient time. If you work till five o'clock, time you get home and make dinner and whenever yeah. get ready, uh, it's you know five thirty quarter to six six o'clock sometimes yeah. uh, for games being gone. Well, you're not going to have a TV on yep. when you're eating. You got to clean up afterwards yep. and everything else. By the time it's seven o'clock, or you well, miss, yeah. yeah, but at seven o'clock you do all those yep. things. Guess what? You got first pitch. Yep, it works, and you can sit at home and watch the game. Or if you decide at five o'clock with with your friends and work coworkers. That you're going to go to go the, to the game, game yeah. tonight. You you leave from work. You're in Cleveland by six thirty. Yep. And you're in the stadium by a quarter to seven. You're you're there for first pitch. Yep. So, I just from my standard point, I don't think six ten works uh, to the advantage of the fans. I don't make these decisions. I don't know. I they must have some marketing tool that says this works. I personally don't understand it. Well, they changed the uh, start time of opening day this year for the first time in years from uh, 4.10 to one ten. So a half day off work is now a full day off work for me. Well, that's good. I'd rather have I hope my boss time. is not listening to that as I have not put that day in request yet. <laughs> maybe I'll go. So there it is. I'm taking March 26th off, guys. Yeah, well, bring your shovel. <laughs> God almighty. I mean, well, we're we in January and it's green grass outside. Yeah, I'm getting so a little worried about that. I'm, bring your shovel. Maybe that's one reason. Or, or have your ticket ready to go to Milwaukee. <laughs> How dumb was that? No, it was the right move. It was the right move, but it stunk. Oh, sure it did. Sure it did. I'm not Maybe that's was... one of the reasons why I just went out and bought a new winter coat last week. <laughs> I think we all need to because uh, I don't think we're going to survive I, this I, uh I sat there two years ago when it was 30 degrees of snow and 30-mile-an-hour winds, and I'm thinking uh should probably get a winter coat and... Uh, I think you're right. This mild January is going to be... Uh, you know, we're going to have to pay oh, the God. Oh, yes. Sooner or later, that bill's coming, and, and you have to pay it. So I'll be shocked if we have the mildest winter possible. Uh, I won't be shocked if we have uh, snow in late March, early April. I just... We know we're due for a St. Patrick's Day snowstorm. It happens almost every year. Yeah. I mean, to. we're due for it. Yeah. They'll have that parade down Market Street and... 
they'll they'll make the uh, the snow green. They'll dye it green. I can already see first pitch, and maybe I should take off at twenty seven too. Yeah, uh, you never know. That's usually the the uh, the makeup day. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah. insurance date where you get the day off, and just in case it gets snowed out or rained out on the on the original date. So yeah. Speaking of six ten starts times and start times general, we got to take it on the road to a game this year. You know. Oh I, yeah, we will. Hopefully, our schedules this year for the first time. Seems like ever finally can match one weekend. We can catch a ball game. Oh yeah, we'll definitely get it done this season. Uh, uh, let me change the directions real quick um, and throw this out to our audience to let them know what's going on. I have uh, a few guests lined up in the next few weeks, so we're going to try to get some people mm-hmm. on. One we have not reached yet because I haven't talked to them, but someone we need to get on who we talked during during the high school football season. Wanted to get them on, couldn't. Yep. But we need to get them on now because the Youngstown State Penguins basketball team is is quite exciting right now. Yes. Won seven straight home games. Yes. And uh, John Vargo, uh, I don't know if you listen, John. Does but a great do, job. We're going to uh, reach out to you very soon. They won soon. four or five, and uh, they are starting to win at the buzzer, which makes it exciting, a little nerve-wracking, but they are finding ways to win. And uh, I want to pass this along before we get in-depth, regardless of your feelings about uh, John Robick, he did a great job in the midcon, and then the horizon was a tough uh, transition. Uh, his daughter Haley was just diagnosed with liver cancer, um, so anyone nation uh, and all college basketball was praying for her and praying for the Robick family. Uh, great family, uh, representing Youngstown State in a great and professional way, um, and helped bridge this program up to where we are now. So. I just want to get that in there. Yeah, I know a lot of people. That was have... a long time ago, and we definitely wish him and his family and his daughter the best going forward. There's no question about that. And uh, you were saying back to well, back to the, the Penguins. Yeah, um, they're playing just fun basketball. Not maybe not perfect basketball. I don't think they're capable of that. But uh, nobody's playing perfect basketball. But what I mean by that is they're going to the style of basketball they play. They're going to give up transitional baskets yes. quickly. And they're willing to give those up for some other opportunities. The defense, when this team is able to take the defense to the next level during this season or next season, is when you're going to see this team truly compete for a title within the Horizon League. Yes. Um, Yes. Right now, they don't maybe have quite the athletes to do it. But it's a really entertaining basketball program. Compared to what we were three years ago, this is... Coach Calhoun's done a great job. And to make even matters even better, if you're a basketball fan in Youngstown, Ohio, is you can go to a home game and have reasonable expectations that they're going to win. Yes, and they're fun. Like... Yes. In the end, yes, you can go you to want, the game. You want to watch a team that has an a opportunity to win. Yes. to win. Yes. And this team has not just proven that they can win, but they are winning home games. Yeah. And for any team to compete in any conference, and that's a, you, gotta, you have you to win, win the home, home games. games. Yep. And yep, we talk about that you know, in every sport. We talked about that during the, the YSU football yes. season. And we talked about that in baseball season. We talk about that within the NFL yes. in divisional games. When you're... You have to win home games. And it does two factors. A, it breathes confidence in the team as they continue to grow. B, it breathes confidence into the fans. Yes. And C, it gives the chance for you, maybe a marginal fan, to Mm -hmm. say, 
you know what? They're playing Saturday night. Let's go yep. see the Penguins play. And tickets and, are reasonably priced. Right. But, you know, they're bringing in a conference yep. foe, whoever it may be. Maybe it's even Cleveland State when they come here. You have, you know, three, 4,000 people or more yeah. that, you know, Big League can hold. And hopefully that will happen. But as long as you're competitive at home, and they've won on the road, too. So yes. give them credit where credit is yeah, due. Yeah, they started out conference with uh, two road wins. Yeah. Uh, came back home, and, you know, Sam's just a— Bad night against Cleveland State. Well, I wouldn't even say a bad night. It was, I watched that game. It was a frustrating game because they just couldn't finish shots at times, and, and they couldn't. That's not, what Jericho Hoon said today on the radio. They yeah. just couldn't finish stuff. Yeah, and they had every opportunity to win that game. That's that was a growing game. Yep. And then they came back. They didn't let that game affect the next game. Yes. And that is so important. That's huge in sports. for a team. That's in sports yes. is so important not to carry over momentum. That is negative from one game to the next. And I thought the Penguins have done that so far this year. And hopefully they'll continue to get better. They, they snapped a uh, home court losing streak against uh, Detroit Mercy finally. Uh, beat them. and the, Again, every opportunity to compete on at Big League Center yep. is an opportunity to win. Hopefully the crowds will grow. This is a big week for the Penguins. They yeah. get uh, Wright State and Northern Kentucky both on the road, the two yeah. top teams in the you conference. You know what? I will reach out to uh, John as soon as I can to mm-hmm. see what his availability is. And let's try to get John Vargo on. If it's just a phone call, which uh, we proved last week we can do on the on the podcast. Yeah. So uh, we'll definitely do that. And uh, let's try to get John out and talk about Penguins basketball going forward. Also, I want to mention um, – Next week, hopefully, hopefully next week, working on this one. We haven't got a date down, but I've reached out to Kate O'Halloran. Actually, Dr. Kate O'Halloran from, um, I believe she's from Melbourne, Australia. Uh, She -hmm. covers the AFLW, Mm -hmm. and she's also just started a new initiative with uh, about, I want to say, six or seven other women about women covering sports in Australia and uh, just the sports in general, trying to get more women involved in that. And so it is, uh, will be an interesting discussion with her because a very intelligent woman. And we're going to find out more about Australia's landscape and sports. And uh, obviously everything going on down there with the fires, hopefully they uh, are able to uh, control them and get them um, controllable going in the future. But that's a different story. But we're going to get her on, and then we're going to get Gemma on. Matter of fact, they're working together on that initiative. So oh, uh, I'm going to reach out to Gemma, too, the next week. And maybe it'll be a special edition where we mm-hmm. just do that separately and release it. But, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. She said yes. Uh, she's not available this week. I gave her a couple dates going forward, and if it works out, we're going to try to hook up. Obviously, time differences mm-hmm. between Youngstown, Ohio, and, and Melbourne, and, Australia, yeah, yeah, is like 14, 15 hours. So uh, we'll uh, we'll just wait and see. But yeah, mm-hmm. Kato Hallerin, we're going to have her on and uh, talk to about the AFLW is just starting uh, in a month. Believe it or not. Our football season will be ending, and their football season, uh, the Australian Rules football season, will be beginning with the women's competition, and then the men's follow within six weeks. Mm-hmm. And that lasts until uh, end of August, 1st of September, when and they start had, their And their then finals. we get going. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's football all year round for yeah. me, for us, I'm concerned. So I'm looking forward to it. It should be good. She's uh, I've never met her. I've uh, followed her on Twitter to, for about the last year, and... I was thinking about, you know, uh, obviously 
we love Gemma mm-hmm. because she knows so much and she's helped us out so much. So we're definitely going to reach out to Gemma again. And I said, let me try just to see what she say. And mm-hmm. she said yes. So if she's uh, checking out our podcast, just wondering who the hell we are, uh, we look forward to uh, talking to uh, her and hopefully Gemma and maybe some others a part of her initiative. Uh, it is going to be interesting to uh, find out about that because as I've gotten older, I've become more and more willing and uh, and more and more believing that women in sports makes sense. Oh, perfect. Yes. And I don't yeah. just mean sports in general. I mean sports coverage. I mean, we have we're pretty fortunate here in Northeast Ohio. We have like her or hater Mary Kay Cobit has yeah. covered the Browns for many years. Yep. When I say love her or hate her, the same thing goes with people like Tony Gross. Yes. You love them or you hate them. So that's that's yeah. actually a pretty complimentary thing when you think about yeah. it. Um Man- Mandy Bell does a great job. Yeah, Mandy Phenomenal Bell. Thank job you. With Mandy Bell yes. for for the covers the Cleveland Indians for Major League Baseball this past year, and others. So I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be an interesting. I tell you what, there's a lot of uh, female sports writers and sports casters that I'd rather listen to some male. The world is changing, and it's a good thing, and it's going to be more competitive in this field and yep. in other fields. And uh, women's sports. If you can report it the best, well, women's sports are going to grow. I mean, that's where the growth is available mm-hmm. in sports. I'm not saying you have to follow it. I'm saying that's where the growth will come from. Mm-hmm. Uh, the WNBA has been around, yep. what, 30 years now, and and how much that has grown. Yep. Obviously, the Major League Soccer yep. or what, uh, the Women's Soccer League is, is growing, and the, the National Soccer yep. Team is probably the most Booming, known. Yes. Well, the women's national team in America is the most known team in America. A national team, I should say. Mm-hmm. No one knows about the national yeah. hockey team or nope. uh, anything else in this in our country. But we know who they are. Yep. We don't know the men, but we know who they yes, are. Yeah. Yep. And uh, that's because of the success they've had. I'm kind of interested to learn more about it and be open-minded and uh, see what I can find out. And uh, like I said, uh, she's going to be on the podcast and we're going to talk uh, AFLW, AFL probably with her a little bit. Maybe not AFL as much as AFLW and her new initiative. And I'm really um, I'm really looking forward to that opportunity. Yeah, just... Uh... And I didn't know nothing about that new initiative. Oh, by the way, I uh, uh, messaged her about three days before they announced this. Yeah. And she was, oh, we'd love to do this. She had things built yeah. into her schedule. Couldn't do it this week. And I says, whenever you're available, if you're available yep. the following week, just let me know what day and we'll try to yeah. work it out. So, but yeah, it should be a lot of fun. You know, I said two weeks ago when when I shared the podcast on my social media pages that uh, we're blessed to be this many episodes in and uh, some new guests, uh, some old guests that we keep bringing back, uh, helping us out. But we're we're really excited about the direction we're going, and uh, it's pretty impressive to be a. When we started this, we. We branded it as a regional podcast. You know, that's what we branded it as. Yeah, and now well, we're and now we're growing internationally and you, know, you can look at our listeners and see where they're from yeah. and Well, uh, here's the just, thing. Uh, I've grown since we started this yes. podcast. When we started this podcast, I just started getting into hockey. Yes. Full time. And I love it. And I'm a Golden Knight fan, as most people know. And uh it's been phenomenal. And they're in a big slump, but that's a different <laughs> they're story. In a big slump. They are. They, frustrating they can't even score goals right now i'm not even, that's a totally different thing i've been blessed because i had friends that i met like jim yep. um and and peter that brought me into liverpool yep. and my god is that the greatest thing in the world 
Uh, you need to experience this. It is fun. It is the best. I am absolutely. I can't wait to Sunday because Sunday is. I just can't wait. I, 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 it's we finally have something to look forward oh to. Oh my on god, Sundays. it's it's phenomenal. I can't wait. It's it's going to be. It's my what Liverpool does is highlighted on my calendar. Simple as that, and uh, it has been great. I've also talked about the AFL earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, got into that yep. again. I was a young kid when I first seen it. Got back into it in the last few years. I have been fortunate enough to reach out to a few people down there, and they've all been great and economizing. So uh, hopefully that will continue. And uh, go Magpies. I guess I should follow the Magpies on the women's. Yeah, um, probably just to be yeah, just all to be, encompassing. Yeah, I, I never had a women's team down there last year. I just kind of went with the flow. But I was thinking as I go, I, I, I've jumped on Magpie Nation. And uh, so I'll uh, I'll I'll jump on the uh, the ladies yep. team. Gemma told me to do that last year, and I was unwilling. You're unwilling, but I think are this you year, willing to do it this year? I, I think I have to. I think more and more, just the way that the is set up down mm-hmm. there, you really, or unless you're not there, the team that you follow does not have a women's competition. I think I have to. Yep. Though I'm going to just follow them all and enjoy it all. Yeah, right. There's so many great players down there, and it, it will be fun. So stay tuned for that. I'll probably be a special podcast, and I'm going to reach out to, uh, obviously, we'll have Dr. Kate on, mm-hmm. and hopefully we'll get Gemma on, and maybe somebody else if uh, we find out who that may, person may be, if they recommend someone to yeah. do for us to talk to. So all that coming away here on Radio MVP. Always... And uh, we don't mention it that much. If you get this anywhere you're able to give a rating and review, please give us a, a nice rating and review and tell your friends, family, and enemies about Radio MVP as uh, we continue to grow. And, uh, oh, yeah, our numbers are good. We, uh, we're we approaching 7,000 downloads since we started. That's incredible. That's uh, almost 2,000 a year. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty impressive for a regional a little over two thousand, almost. Yeah, that's, We're just that's a regional podcast. Yeah. yeah, that's a regional podcast. That's, so. uh, you know, from Youngstown, Ohio, not bad, huh? Yeah, for two guys who uh, decided to do this at a gas station. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I'm not sure my my boss is very thrilled, but hey, you know, they closed anyways. Hey, whatever. All right, for Anthony, I am Tim. We will talk to you next time when we do episode ninety six of the Sports Podcast on Radio MVP.